Hola, hola, buen lunes, happy Monday, and welcome back, beautiful souls, to Your Soulful Goddess. Your Soulful Goddess is the place where open hearts and open minds can come together to talk about and discover many different ways in which to heal, grow, and fully step into their true potential and power. As always, my name is Safa and I am your host. I am an intuitive life coach and I am joined by quite the powerhouse as my guest for the show today. It's always such a delight when I get a chance to speak about all things divine feminine and core wounds and mother wounds and oh my gosh, there's so much to this interview and you're going to be able to get a little bit extra from this wonderful guest on the Patreon side. So if you are a Patreon, look for that coming soon. And if you haven't become a Patreon supporter of the show, feel free to join. Just visit patreon.com forward slash your soulful goddess and you'll have access to all kinds of behind the scenes extra episodes it's actually getting really good i'm so excited i had a chance to do that for all of you this year and this new season and y'all it's episode 39 already i can't believe it time truly flies but anyway enough of my own reminiscing let's talk a little bit about my wonderful guest carrie hummingbird Carrie Hummingbird is a soul guide, shamanic healer, award-winning author, and inspirational speaker. Carrie has over 20 years of experience in leading by inspiration and special passion for empowering women to be the artists of their lives. She mentors women to rewrite the story of their lives through inner transformation, connection to essence, remembrance of purpose, and realignment to authenticity and truth. She is certified in energy medicine by the Four Winds Light Body School, certified as a spiritual coach by the Artist of the Spirit Coach Training Program, and Heather Ash Amara, certified in empowerment and firewalks training by Sundor, and certified as a warrior goddess facilitator. She is the past president of the Austin chapter of the International Association of Women, the IAW. In 2014, the Indie Spiritual Book Awards conferred her the honor of Best in Category to Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, and in 2015, it won Pinnacle Best in Category of Self-Help and National Indie Excellence Awards, winner in Category for Spirituality. Her 2015 best-selling book, From We to Me, Emerging Self After Divorce reached number 16 in the divorce category on Amazon. Carrie lives with the love of her life, his two children, and her two teenage sons in the Austin area. She works with clients around the world. Prior to her career as a soul guide, Ms. Hummingbird had a 20-year career as a technical and marketing communications consultant in both Silicon Valley and Austin high-tech communities. She has served in leadership since she began working, most notably serving on the board of the Silicon Valley chapter of the Society for Technical Communication. She also inspired and led over 150 artists to open their studios to the public as the executive director of the 
nonprofit Silicon Valley Open Studios in the Bay Area, California for several years in the early 2000s. Now, without further ado, here is the one and only Carrie Hummingbird. Well, hello, Carrie, and welcome to You Uplifted. How are you doing today? I'm doing really beautifully today. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really, really well. It's such a joy to have you on the show, and I'm really excited about all the things we're going to get to talk about. Um, but right before we dive into all of the good stuff, let's talk a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and and your passion. That's a big question. So <laughs> in a nutshell, uh, what I do is I call myself a soul guide and a messenger. And I'm here to uh, assist connecting people to their awareness of their higher, higher guidance, who they are in truth underneath all of the uh, inherited um, stuff from our ancestors and our culture and everything else, to get back to the simplicity of, of who we are in truth underneath all that, and to really come back into harmony on the planet, on Earth, and to start... Um, bringing things into a new direction for new, what I would call new earth. And a lot of people are calling new earth. So I feel like my guide is, my job is to facilitate that in any way that I can and make bridges all over the place for people to understand what's happening in themselves and all around us and um, to send human consciousness. So that's the big picture of what I feel I'm here to do and what I'm guided to do with the, all the work that I'm, that I'm doing in the world. Ah, so beautiful. And I feel many of us healers have been feeling this call, this draw, right? But before we go a little bit further into that, let's talk a little bit about this idea or the concept of the new earth, because I'm sure there's listeners that are tuning in that are going to be like, what, what is this concept? So if you could tell us a little bit more about that in any misconceptions that you've found along the way, that would be fantastic. Yeah, well, I think that we can all agree that what we're seeing in the world right now, and we have been increasingly aware of, and especially 2020 has helped us to become extremely aware of, mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of inequities in our world. And there's, a, there's ways in which we are, there's a rampant abuse of all kinds. And, you know, we're, we abuse our planet, we, um, we abuse the water systems, we abuse the land, we, we harvest without replenishing. There's a lot of things that we're doing that are not leading us in a beneficial direction for long-term sustainable life on the earth. And we have separation and we have um, people in it unable to talk. Like in the United States, we have people that are so polarized that they can't even stay connected on social media with each other, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, we're not even in the same room. We're just on the platform together on a, on a social media thread and we cannot stay connected to each other. All of these patterns are part of 2,000 years or more, really arguably, I guess, 6,000 years of patriarchal uh, structures and systems of control and power over others and um, conflict that's created out of that paradigm, wars, um, suppression, trying to get all you can get from everywhere around you and, and not really thinking about the whole, only thinking about the self. and. So we're shifting out of that paradigm and we're shifting into a more holistic paradigm where we're going to be considering uh, things much more along the lines of the way the indigenous people have thought about life, 
which is seven generations forward and seven back. So before we take an action, we'll be thinking much more about the impact of that choice on seven generations to come. And this is long-term thinking. So we've, we've been in short-term power grab, mm -hmm. which is really the individual getting what the individual wants. And we're shifting into long-term community-based, tribal-based, planetary-based decision-making. Mm -hmm. So that requires a whole new skill set. <clears throat> you know, instead of war, it, it requires diplomacy. Instead of telling, it requires listening. So we're, we're moving into an area that many people are calling the return of the divine mother, the return yeah. of the, the divine feminine wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got chills because that's exactly yeah. that's exactly right. And I think it's interesting there. I'll, I'll make a, a couple of like points and I'll try to make them as concise and less rambly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so hard with the divine feminine energy. Isn't it? Because there's so many things that you want to take on at the same time. But let me start here. Mm. I do love that because I the the deeper this need for centering back into balance and into self shows up, the more the call of the divine feminine shows up. And in the last couple of years, I mean, I've noticed it increasingly over the last at least seven years, the more that women or the feminine, even those of us who identify as feminine or female, are starting to seek out the natural ebbs and flows and the natural energies and the archetypes of the goddess, where it's just peeling back so many layers of old wounds and old patterns and stories and really asking the bigger questions and really finding that point of how do we honor this in strength, but with a sense of outpouring. To me, one of the most essential, quintessential imageries for the divine feminine is the chalice. So that idea of being able to both give and receive in equal measure without becoming depleted and without the need for really aggressive action, but just very clear intent, that is one of the biggest points to me of what is happening here, that resurgence. And I think that's why so many of us are now seeking sisterhood and tribal and why many of us are going back to the wild, which to me, again, that's one of the quintessential parts of the feminine is that wild nature, the uncageable, untamable, real fearsome essence of the goddess and the divine feminine. So all of these things are coming to fruition. And I see it reflected even in people who maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago would not have even thought to have these conversations are very organically starting to seek out that connection in one way or another, whether it is women's circles or really learning from their flow and getting in tune with the moon or really giving themselves a chance to get to know themselves again so that they don't feel completely depleted. Whatever it is, that call is there. And one of the other things that's interesting to me about that and you we're talking a little about this already, is the sense of wounding that has covered that space of the feminine for so long that does affect all of us. So if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, oh, here she goes again, talking about the divine feminine. She loves this topic and I don't understand it or I'm so far removed from it. Let me just say that 
number one, the divine feminine, just like the divine masculine. And I do mean that in the proper place, not as an aggravated source of aggression, the way that we've been seeing it for like so long now. Uh, Both of those exist within everything and they can bring really beautiful sort of miraculous things into our lives when we honor them in their place and in their way. So don't feel like this leaves you behind if you don't necessarily identify with the words mother or feminine or goddess. And actually, and that kind of ties me back off to what I was saying about the ancestral wounds or the core woundings that globally we've sustained around the mother energy and which I know is like your jam and you've got a book about it. So can we talk a little bit about your book and about the wound wounding of the the mother, the mother wound, because there's many different ways that we could go with that. Um, We could look at it as just the breaking between a mother and a child and what it does psychologically to all of us. And we can talk about the way in which the mother essence itself has been violated for so long in so many different ways. Yeah, there it's a it's a huge topic. And I, of course, did not realize that I was here to heal the mother wound in myself and to support others on that process until well into my spiritual inquiry. So Mm. it's one of those things that is hidden underneath layers and layers and layers and layers of other things. And you've got to peel back the layers to get to the source, you know, the root of the issue Mm -hmm. to understand where it's all coming from. And the mother wound is the root. That is the root of the suffering. And so what is the mother wound? Well, it's easier to talk about how the mother wound is passed along. So let's talk about that for a second. We're all born from a mother. So as a baby is being grown inside a mother's womb, and even from the moment of of conception, the baby is now in the consciousness of the mother. Mm -hmm. So whatever the mother's consciousness includes, the baby is now being educated um, just seamlessly by being inside the mother and being grown inside the mother. So as the baby's body parts are formed, it's being informed by the mother's consciousness. As the baby's brain is being formed, it's being formed in the consciousness of the mother and the whole paradigm is set up that way intentionally on purpose because if you think about it before a baby is even born the baby is already equipped with an innate sense or understanding of the world into which the baby is being birthed Mm -hmm. so it the system itself is pretty ingenious and what it means is that if culturally Um, We're treating women in a disrespectful, dishonoring, shaming, controlling way. Mm -hmm. If women are are in a paradigm of power over and they're not the ones with the power, then every single human being being born is also being birthed into that same paradigm that the mother's experiencing. Mm -hmm. So we inherit all of our patterns from our ancestry. We inherit them all through our mother's womb. What that means on a global perspective is that if mothers feel disempowered, if mothers feel as if they are victims, then now we're birthing humans en masse who feel as if they're victims, Mm -hmm. 
And if a human feels as if they're a victim, well, there's two other roles that go along with that. And that's the perpetrator and the rescuer, because it's a triangle. Mm -hmm. The three of them go together. So we have seen rampant examples. It doesn't, you don't have to look very far to find this paradigm. No, absolutely not. It's everywhere. And we're immersed in it. And when you're immersed in that victim, rescuer, perpetrator paradigm, that is the power over and the power outside paradigm. And so even our our religious contexts, most of them are based in uh, the power is outside someplace in some cloud somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's like up out there. So everything about this is based in an unhealed masculine that has been dominating the consciousness of humanity for 6,500 years or, you know, arguably mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen different renditions of this, but so what we're shifting into now is more of an, <clears throat> a predominance of the feminine energy. And I would call it the mother energy. And there's a reason why. So. The download, I, this, I like these words that I received the other day because this, this is so clear to me anyway. Maybe it's clear for everybody that hears it. But the feminine is actually about spirit incarnate. So making the spirit potential manifest in the material world. Mm-hmm. So to simplify that conversation, it's about embodying. Yes. It's about being embodied as your spirit, as your power within acknowledged within the vessel that you are currently inhabiting as part of your life incarnation plan. Oh my gosh, Carrie, I just got goosebumps again. (laughs) Yeah, those are exactly the words that I always use to define or to talk about the divine feminine. I'm like, especially for us is we are the divine feminine embodied. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's about embodiment because you know, it's all the simplest way to look at this is to look at it. What do we see tangibly? And it's our earth. And why do we call her mother earth? Mm -hmm. Because we know that's the physical representation of the divine mother in carnet, embodied. So she is embodied as herself, as the planet earth. You know, we're on earth right now. We're in earth school. So this is how the divine feminine is manifesting for mm-hmm. us here in earth school is as mother earth. She's our mother. We would not be alive without her. Mm-hmm. Meaning we would not be having the potential to be embodied and having a physical living experience without the tangible mother earth existing. So we are made of earth. We are made of Mother Earth. Every single one of us is made of Mother Earth. We're made of all of her minerals, her materials, manifested incarnate spirit. That is her. We are made of that. So in in essence, you could think of us as cells in the Mother Earth body. And the aura is the atmosphere. Mm, I love that. <laughs> okay, so so we're all part of Mother Earth. We're cells in the Mother Earth body. So in other words, on Earth, the because we're made of Mother Earth, she knows 
everything about us. So she, in fact, is our teacher in this dimension. She is the only teacher, really, in this dimension, the biggest teacher. She's in our bodies. She is our body. We are her. She's ourselves. She knows every single thing we think as we incarnate into her materials. So there's an aspect of us that is the spirit, right? There's the aspect of us that's a soul. And we, you know, some of us are aware of having lifetimes on other planets. Now we're on earth. So we're having an earth experience, which means our consciousness, our soul's consciousness, our spirit is embodying as earth to learn lessons in earth school from earth herself, the consciousness of earth. Right. So we have taken the masculine as far as it can go while being in a body. It's kind of like, look at all the disease that's rampant on the planet in people's bodies. And why is that? It's like the rejection of the mother. It's the rejection of the vessel of the body. It's almost even the condemnation of the body. Like if you think about a woman's body and the period, you know, the menstrual cycle and how it's been called the curse for so mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. When actually this is a divine blessing to be in the blood, to be cycling the blood of the mother, right? through our very vessels. And that's that mechanism that actually allows us to birth life through our vessels into physical form, just like Mother Earth is birthing us into physical form. We get to practice being in the image and likeness of the mother actually in a vessel like this, in a feminine vessel that has a womb. That's an honor. And it's been conditioned mentally into us to think that that's a shame, that our bodies are shameful, mm-hmm. that our bodies are, are um, a curse. And, um, you know, even some of the major religions that if you're a woman, like, you know, don't speak. So let's explore that for a second. <clears throat> if you're a woman, don't speak and don't um you know, leave the praying and leave all the prophesying and everything like that to the men. Mm-hmm. Well, so I want to explore that for a second <clears throat> because there's a reason why that is. Inside of every woman, and this is, this is going into a, a teaching that was given to the Lakota from White Buffalo Calf Woman. White Buffalo Calf Woman is the guide for my work in Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. Mm. Which, and, by the way, I know we haven't said this, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's that's your book. <laughs> oh yeah, Love is Fear Selling the Mother is my book. That's right. So White Buffalo Calf Women guided me in the in the embodiment work to write that book and to do the healing for myself and my ancestry. Mm. And one of the main messages that came out during just I did I did some direct channeling for that book. A lot of the book is embodiment. And so it's my personal experience of working through the patterns that I'm guided to work through, which is a lot how I find the divine feminine works. It's not very straightforward. It's kind of like your life experience leads to the understanding of the lesson. Mm -hmm, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of what the book is. And maybe you'll 
as you know, anyone out there who reads it might feel resonant with some of the stories or some of the experiences. And that's how we can help each other along this path is by sharing our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but so White Buffalo Calf Women and a direct channeling, it was about the chinampa. So each one of us has a prayer mechanism built in to a woman's body. If you're in a woman's body, you have a womb. That womb is a powerful center of creation, not just for a baby, but also for prayers and intentions and manifesting things, manifesting spirit incarnate, you know, creating the out of out of uh, your intentions, out of the spirit of something, creating an actual physical manifestation. So our wombs are that um, aspect of the of the pipe, so to speak, the sacred pipe. You know, so you could think of the womb as the bowl of the pipe, mm-hmm. and the tobacco prayers go into the bowl, and this and the medicine is sung into the tobacco inside the bowl, and then. And then in order for the prayers to be released, they have to be drawn up from the womb all the way up through the, through the will center, through the heart, through the throat, and then spoken out through the mouth into the, into the world. Now, this mechanism works whether um, you're conscious of it or not. So think about the paradigms of gossip and mm-hmm. venting and storytelling and psychotherapy and sitting on the couch and talking about your problems week after week after week. I did that for 20 years. Mm-hmm. My chinampa was working just fine. <laughs> it was creating for me a whole lot of suffering, but the mechanism worked great. So on the planet right now, the problem, and, and I think this is why we had this big lesson in humanity, the problem with disempowering women is that they have this powerful womb center. We all have this powerful womb center that is, is, a, is a creation mechanism. So when we feel disempowered, we can create a lot of suffering through the use of our word in a, in a lower vibration unconscious way. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been doing for the past thousands of years. So here we are on the planet now. Mm-hmm. So the way to heal is for women to claim people in women bodies, you know, female bodies with wombs to heal this womb and to heal this and, and put it in right relationship with some integrity and self-mastery and to break free of the, all the structures and patterns of the control over paradigm. All of it needs to be cleared and we need to take ourselves off that victim corner of the triangle of disempowerment and put ourselves squarely in sovereignty. And as we do that, as we stand in sovereignty, each one of us, and we learn to respect and honor the sovereignty of others around us, and we learn to find the power within and the power, the greater power that's available to every single human being through connection with mother earth, as we find that power within and we find that connection to the earth, to the sky, to the four directions, to all these gifts of inheritance that every single one of us have, as we find that place, we don't need to control each other anymore. Right. And we can see a whole new earth emerge that is based in respect, honor, co-creation, 
playfulness, understanding, mystery, awe, wonder. And already the tools for this are emerging. They have been emerging already. Looking at the human design chart to understand that we are not the same. Mm -hmm. And yet we're all one. So unity is not about conformity. Yes. Unity is about diversity and appreciating the diversity of the divine as it expresses itself. It's the wonder of that. And it's, it's being in wonder of the divine feminine ability to connect the dots and lead you exactly where you need to be to receive a message that brings you to the next place on your growth. And hey, by the way, the other person also is getting exactly the message that they need because that's how the divine mechanism works. It's genius. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we don't have to control it. We can be delighted by it. And the mystery unfolds. Yeah. That's the new relationship we have the opportunity to have in New Earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, again, I'm going to try to keep my thoughts straight. So firstly, <laughs> let me say this is I think you're going to find this really interesting because I certainly did. So I like to draw on my um, goddess oracle deck consistently. And I find so much communion with all of the different facets and all of the different aspects. And of course, the archetypes of the goddess herself, but <laughs> literally yesterday um, in preparation, because I've got this call and then I've got another another call for the for the podcast today. But in preparation for today, I pulled the white waffle and the white buffalo woman. <laughs> <laughs> So you're talking, and as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, wow, like that's, hmm, okay, that's- There's no mistake there. (laughs) (laughs) You got to love those synchronicities, you know? So first of all, allow me to honor the divine by saying that's funny. And uh, second of all, yes, I I so resonate with everything that you've said in terms of that vibrational movement in- in how a lot of us understand it, and many of us are a little bit more familiar, but I do love, by the way, the imagery of the pipe. I think it's gorgeous. Um, a lot of us are more familiar with that um, imagery of the Kundalini rising, you know, that coil of energy and that serpentine and beautiful movement, that fluid expansion. So it puts to mind that because I do want to acknowledge in that space, don't feel like you are being negated if you no longer have a womb or if you didn't, you know, if you weren't born with one, we're talking about like the feminine energy to me is so much more beyond that. Um, And it doesn't mean you're not negated or left behind or pushed away if this isn't something that is within you anymore, or if it just wasn't there. Um, It's still that energy, that energy still pulsates, it still carries the same vibrational expansion, it still pulls up, like you were saying, from the bowl all the way up. Um, So it's something that we can really much tap into. And what's fantastic, too, is, is that sense of understanding, look, creative power really emanates. I think we've gotten used to the disimbalanced or diseased idea of what the masculine is, which it isn't what we've been taught. It's something completely different, but we've gotten so used to this idea that in order to create, there's got to be some sort of like aggressive momentum or forward moving aggression, where in truth is creative is 
allowance. And that's the other thing that I've heard you say, like, just as you were talking, that was coming forth was that word. And that word actually has been like big, like just hammering down for the last like couple of months, the sense of allow and grow, allow and grow, allow and grow. And so it's so beautiful because what that does, it shifts everything. We go from a state of heightened, forceful anxiety and almost just kind of breaking everything along that path into a space of fluid movement that is continuously changing and constant flux, because that's the other beautiful essence of the feminine is that it's always moving and ebbing and changing and all of this other stuff to really pour through. And when things have to be uprooted, they are uprooted with the intent of newness, of transition, of revival, of revitalizing. And that's, I think, one essence that we've been missing for so long globally. And I just love that essence of renewal, that essence of creation. It's just so, so powerful and something that I think we've been missing for so long. And which goes indeed to that idea of that core wounding that has been done specifically to the mother energy. And even the way in which each of us resonates or responds to the words that have to do with the feminine, you know, mother, um, goddess, feminine itself, all of these, it can be very telling of the space we've been inhabiting and how the collective wound has been affecting each of us in terms of moving into the space. Is it fear inducing? Do we feel like we are inadequate or less than? Do we still buy the idea that we have to, quote unquote, stay tiny and meek and basically think that we are useless or we've got to embody a certain particular aesthetic all the time. And I mean that beyond just the looks, but also in terms of like our words and our movements and the things that we like the journeys we embark on, et cetera. Or are we ready to finally step up into our power? And instead of using that triangle, like you were talking about for disempowerment, shift it and allow it to become the M because in my mind, the way I'm visualizing this is that transition of the triangle, the opposite direction to make it into a chalice rather than to keep it the way that we normally have seen it, right? Which is much more the masculine, but turn it around and make it the feminine and then become that chalice and be that fluid essence who can move and give and receive in all of these wonderful things. And then that embodiment, which also is the chalice, the embodiment of the womb itself and all of the healing that can happen from that creative space of oneness, like you were talking about earlier, because yes, we are in this together and also individually at the same time. And I think it's funny that we still think, no, we have to have one way or the other, or it's got to be one definition or none at all. Because again, for me, the feminine very specifically speaks to the fact that there is the possibility for yes and, which is another one of my favorite concepts of all time. Yeah, yes and. And I want to speak to the to the people that are in masculine bodies right now in this incarnation mm-hmm. and say that this mother wound has also affected every person in a masculine body mm-hmm. as well. There's just different ways that it expresses in a person in a masculine body. You know, it's kind of like, um, to give a specific example, it's like in my own life um, with the partner that I chose uh, to have my children with before I woke up and was a little bit more conscious. 
Mm -hmm. I, you know, what I experienced was the power over the controlling the, the, you know, the mm, disempowerment Mm -hmm. aspects in that relationship. And so my old, I had two boys, um, two sons, and my eldest son really had a hard time reconciling that masculine element from his father. And this was because he watched me going through all the things that I was going through in relationship to his father. And I think this happens for a lot of men. It's like, how do I embrace my masculine when what I'm seeing in my masculine figure doesn't resonate as loving for me? Mm-hmm. And how do I, how do I embrace my masculine when, when I love my mother and I want to be a different kind of, of man? Yeah. Um, and, and so you know, so I've seen him really embrace his feminine aspects and have a hard time embracing the masculine. So there is a big healing that needs to happen for the masculine in a masculine body right now. And the way to heal that is to give ourselves permission to clear the stories and clear the past energies and clear the history without stepping over anything and without spiritual bypassing. Yes. The way to clear it is to heal it, to feel feel it, to heal it, really feel it, really be willing to heal it, and then really be willing to open to a new potential. Because one of the darker aspects of this um, story-making machine that women um, in women's bodies are able to be with the gossip and all of that, the storytelling mm-hmm. is that it, you know, every time we tell a story and I'm not saying only women tell stories, I'm saying that the vessel with this huge chinampa in it is, you know, it's quite the factory and it, it's a dangerous factory. It really can be quite challenging when you get yourself backed into a corner with a lot of stories. Um, the story making, the meaning making machine, this is powerful medicine for creating a whole new reality. And if it's used unconsciously, it's, it's creates a lot of webs. So it's kind yeah. of like every story you tell, you could imagine a spider is weaving a web. Those webs are, while they're very um, thin and um, wispy, they're super hard to get off of you. Have you ever noticed like if you pass mm-hmm. through the forest through a web, how hard it is to get that web yeah, off of awful. you? <laughs> it's stuck to you, right? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get that wispy thing off of you and you can't even find it. Like, where is that thing? And and then the habit and, and catch yourself in this. If you're listening and you're starting to get a, an idea of this and you're starting to notice something, I'm going to go deeper, which is that if you notice yourself repeating the story again and again and again, over and over. And then you're telling the story to someone and then you're like, oh, well, I forgot this part. I got to go back. So no, this happened first and then that happened and then this thing and then that thing. And then, then he said this, and then I felt this. And then I thought, well, this, (laughs) if you're recounting the pathway of your logic and your thinking and why you got so angry and your justifications and all of this to create the story, every single time you tell that story, it cements it in more into your reality. Oh, sure. So it creates more webs. And those webs can be thick as ropes and they are a cage. So, so much of what we perceive I've learned is based in our human design, in our gene keys, in the things we came here as a soul to learn and in the cosmic setup of the people that we were born in family with in order to learn those lessons. Mm -hmm. It's all perception, so much of it. 
Yep. And then stories created through the perception. And because we see the world through different lenses, we don't really understand each other, but there's this false idea up until now in the collective that there's one like um there's one reality. Mm -hmm. And it's like if you then everybody thinks they have access to the one reality that everybody else is living in. And don't you see the reality? The reality is right here. There's only one version. Yep. That is so not true. And that's really where we're heading into with the divine feminine is the recognition that there's a reality for every single person. There's 8 billion realities simultaneously functioning on the planet, having moments of intersection where we have moments of shared experience that we will never see the same way because it's impossible. And so stop trying to form allegiances or conformity circles around perceptions of life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what it does is create rigidity. Yeah. It creates rigidity and then it creates judgment Mm -hmm. because to protect your fragile sense of reality, you have to make other people wrong. Yep. And that's exactly why the world's so messed up right now. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, it's not a mistake that this happened. This was a collective lesson. Every soul on the planet right now, or that has been on the planet for the last thousands of years, needed these lessons to progress in our development. Mm -hmm. So it's not a mistake and it's not a problem. And we're switching gears. So it's kind of like moving from junior high into high school. Yeah. You know, like in high school, you just can't play the same games you played in junior high. It doesn't work. And in college, you definitely can't play the same games you played in high school. (laughs) Yeah. And in grad school, you can't play the same poor me games you played in, in college. Mm-hmm. So at every level of maturity, you've got to leave behind the poor me, the, you know, that last layer of poor me, poor me, poor me, it's somebody else's fault and step into, oh, wow, curiosity. What, what can I learn? How can I grow? How can I evolve? And that's the invitation we're in right now. Oh, so much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, cause it's, ah, oh, there's just so much beauty to that. Cause it's so, so true. And I think we, we get really well-versed or we have become really well-versed at the, everything is happening to me <laughs> kind of space, <laughs> you know, versus the just, okay, what if, and let's play a game with this, you know? It can be like a game instead of a torture, Mm -hmm. you know, and it has been a game. Let's just say it has been. We've been collectively playing Monopoly for the last thousands of years. And it's just like Thanksgiving or Christmas or any other holiday when you're with your family and you're playing Monopoly. At some point, that game is so tedious. Mm -hmm. It's like (laughs) somebody's winning and totally gloating and it's really annoying. And you just don't want to play that game anymore. You're just like, I'm so done with this game. Like, can we do something that's more uplifting? Can we go outside in nature? Can we throw a Frisbee? Can we make some dinner together? Can we share a conversation? Can we sing a song? You know, like anything but sit there and play that game. Mm -hmm. At some point, that game is just really old and tired. And we're really at the collective at that place now. Agreed. Agreed. Which actually brings me to sort of my next thought process here. And it's in your opinion or in your experience and in everything that you've seen, what do you think is maybe at least one or two or even three, if you want, because I love threes. So of the (laughs) key elements to really rebalance that and step into that space so that we can heal that mother wound, maybe not just within ourselves, but collectively. 
Well, we have to let go of the blaming shaming game. Mm-hmm. And in order to let go of the blaming shaming game, you have to accept personal responsibility. And the best way I know to accept personal responsibility is to realize who you are in truth. Mm-hmm. So when you realize who you are in truth, you realize I'm a soul and I chose this curriculum and up, you know, before I came into my body, I had like my little lesson plan selector and I was checking all the boxes. And then I chose a lineage. I chose a family line, a mother, a father that would set me up with all the paradigms I needed in order to perform my soul's curriculum. So Mm -hmm. they are my angels, not my devils. So number one is to claim responsibility. I chose this. I did this to myself. Mm -hmm. The next thing is to release attachments about who you think you are. Because if you're operating from the sticky, icky 3D, you know, and it's beautiful, it's glorious. And if you're only aware of your humanness and the paradigm of your humanness and your identity as a human in this incarnation, and that's all you're aware of, your physicality, your body, your emotions, your family, your identities, your expectations, your blah, blah, blah. It's super thick and dense and really hard to wiggle in mm-hmm. that space. Mm-hmm. So becoming aware of yourself as a higher being that is timeless, that has had thousands of lifetimes, potentially has had many, many lifetimes experiences and identities that this identity is like a mask that you're choosing to wear right now. To be aware of that is the next level of empowerment that helps you get a lot of wiggle room in, you know, re-identifying. And then to go a step further, which, you know, I'm inviting many people to go on now, is to now embody fully. Embrace. Embrace fully this human self that you are now. Mm -hmm. Because this is the magic you came to experience. So why are you trying to bypass it? out in your spirit world. <clears throat> so there's a lot of light workers who have gotten to the stage of like, I remember who I am in truth and this thing is just temporary and it's not really who I am. And so I disregard it completely. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that at all. Mm-mm. I'm suggesting there's a new lens you can have about your precious human incarnation once you know who you are in truth. And by no means does that mean discard your precious human incarnation that you very much got lucky to get in the lottery to have at this time on earth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to be this being that you personally designed. So, uh, to give help with this, I'll share a metaphor that I got from White Eagle in the Second Wave book, The Second Wave Transcending the Human Drama. This was published in 2019. It's still on the charts. It's doing fantastic because we all need it still. <laughs> we need the wisdom in there. Mm-hmm. Thank you, White Eagle. <laughs> so, the, the method is to look at your, your thumb, like just look at your thumb and consider you have a unique thumbprint. They have not proven that nobody else ever throughout time has had that thumbprint. Like it's totally unique. Mm-hmm. That is who you are. You are that unique thumbprint. It's like a skew, you know, on your, like it's your body's skew mechanism. It's that unique creation that will never, ever happen again. It's only going to happen now. This is the only time you'll ever be able to be and explore this being that you are right now marked with this thumbprint. So if you don't explore the thumbprint suit, nobody else will ever be able to explore it. It's a one and done. Yeah. That's precious. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm letting it digest because there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and know? the divine feminine is going to give us space for this. Safa, the divine feminine is going to give us space to appreciate all these diverse thumbprint suits. It's mind boggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, oh my gosh, there's so much, I think, important there that (laughs) has been showing up a lot over the last couple of days and weeks, because I've also been working on a divine feminine course and all of that stuff. So it's just kind of like this whole this whole, I told you, everything happens for a reason and synchronicity mm-hmm. and everything. But one of the biggest things is always that tendency for spiritual bypassing when we don't really want to go into like the shadow work. It's like, oh yeah, we we kind of do. We're dipping our toe and we're remembering, I'm a soul. But then like, you don't actually like embody yourself and embrace. That's where I wanted to go with it too, is embracing to me is such a delectable word. It is so pivotal, I think, to each of us to really start noticing what that does to our very like cells. The vibration of the word itself is so uplifting and so empowering because there's a distinction between accept, which feels like putting up with. (laughs) Totally. I agree with you. Yes. Versus embrace. Cause yeah. And, and that's one of my biggest, one of my biggest ding, ding, ding moments in my life was when, so, you know, if someone tells me I accept you as you are, I'm like, Oh God, nope. Big. No, 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 no. Nope. It's about embracing. And it's the same for us. We talk about like self-acceptance all the time. And that feels so icky. It feels so self-demeaning versus if you self-embrace automatically there's the new breath of life that comes in that is like, dude, embody yourself. And we go back to that word again, embody and embrace and become and be the the wonderful soul and human that you are here to be. This is your adventure. This is your adventure and you charted the course of it. And, you know, the cool thing is in my life, I did some things and I don't know if anybody that's listening resonates with this. I did some things before I even knew that I like what I was doing. I did some things mm-hmm. that I really judged. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did those things. That's terrible. I should have never done those things. I'm so shameful. How could I have done those things? Mm-hmm. And that's in the space <clears throat> that I was in when I started my spiritual work, you know, my spiritual path. Cause I left the psychotherapy. It was just helping me to blame myself some more and label myself. And I got labeled and diagnosed and all that. And, and I was like, this is a, this is a dead end. You know, like this is not going to make me feel better about myself. So I left that whole thing. And I set out on this unknown course. I left my marriage and I was like, okay, I got to find a way to cope with myself because I know what I've been doing is outside of my integrity. I absolutely know it. Like I was cheating in my marriage and things like that, just for a shortcut Mm -hmm. definition. So I was really, and I'm a mom at this time, right? So now I'm breaking my family up because I, I can't control these sexual urges and I just am bored in my marriage and whatever else. And I need something new. I see, I need something new for myself. So for a while, like my path was all about Distancing from the shame and the pain of everything that I did. Distancing from my judgment. I wanted to feel neutral about my former spouse. I wanted to erase it. I wanted to be done with it. I wanted to fix myself mm-hmm. and, be, and reinvent myself. And I wanted to be somebody else that I liked better. Mm-hmm. 
So I did all this work to do that. And it worked. It definitely worked. Like I reinvented, I got in touch with my higher self. I started channeling these books and all this stuff happened. And I was like, wow, this is really great. I like, I'm feeling free and I'm not that other person anymore. And then it had to be embraced because the next level of mm -hmm. spiritual en enlightenment is seeing the design that you created for yourself, that you actually created it so that you would do all those things and experience all those things and then love yourself through those things mm -hmm. and embrace yourself through those things that are so unlovable and come home to yourself as in a joyful way, like, wow. And all the people that were like co-conspirators in your life, they were angels gifting you this opportunity to experience this pain that then would transform you. So it's not a problem that my mom was the way she was or that my former spouse was the way he was or that I acted out and I did all these terrible things. It's not. It's actually the way I needed to uh, walk to become the, the me in fullness that I came here to experience and be. And I can't step out as a helper, you know, or, or a, a lifter of consciousness in my mission on earth, I can't step out in that way. If I don't get it, mm -hmm. how can I do anything with that? If I've, you know, if I was just miss perfect, you know, my whole way through, mm -hmm. like never did anything that I would consider to be wrong or shameful. If I just walked, like pranced around through life in a state of joy, absolutely nobody would listen to anything I had to say. Yeah. Cause they'd be like, you don't get it. You mm -hmm. haven't experienced earth. You came down in some other freaking dimension, but you haven't been an earthling. You're not human. Mm -hmm. There is a thing about being human. It's like a creed, you know, <laughs> like up until now on the planet, you got to get gritty. You got to yeah. get in there. You got to experience the shadows. You got to get in that. And it's, it's, don't shun it. You know, this is really, I think, part of the polarity that's been going on the planet is like this, I am holier than thou. Like, mm -hmm. I am not that. And I shun that. That's of the devil, you know? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, what if it's not of the devil? What if it's a little three-year-old that's having a tantrum inside of you and needs love yep. to learn how to express in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. That's the embrace. Yeah. And it carries that very specific tune or that very specific energy of the mother. <laughs> yeah, you she's know? a good teacher. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, that's where that's where it is. And ultimately about embracing yourself in that way. I always tell my clients, what if you could treat yourself the way that you treat your children? when they have children, of course, but it changes everything. Cause if you're that loving and if you're that cherishing of yourself, it just changes everything. And what I love also about that is to me, in my experience and what I've sort of lived, especially over the last seven years of my life is anything that guilts or shames you is enslaving you. Mm-hmm. And so do you really want to be enslaved by this and continue to like basically mea culpa the whole time? Or are you going to step up to the plate, become the authority in your life and really 
live it, own it up, do it, be in it. It's fine to get dirty. And I think we get, we get so afraid of that, but we also get so afraid of the pain and all the thing that goes along with being present with all of self. We shy away from it really quickly and we fall quickly into the usual spiritual bypassing or the usual old patterns or the stories or the shackling that keeps us away or that sort of interferes with our actual growth. And so, no, we have to give ourselves permission to be in presence with everything and to really relish the journey of it all and to see it as one more step one more fluid movement, one more lesson, one more opportunity to go into the underworld. You know, Inanna is another one of my favorites. I mean, she calls to me all the time. Go, like, see, explore. It's, you are fine. And so, yeah, it just changes. It changes everything. And it, it changes so much as well when you're willing to embrace the shadow and you're willing to feel the pain. Mm-hmm you actually open a door to a greater level of depth in your relationship, not only with yourself, but with people that you care about in your family. I'll give a brief example. <clears throat> you know, I, I said in my book, Awakening to Me, uh, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love is my, was my first book, and it charts the course of the ways I was self-abusing. Mm. And the ways that I was self-abusing affected my family very deeply and my children. And that's a painful thing to then later revisit. Of course, that's why I wanted to distance from it, right? I'm like, give me some energy medicine, make me somebody mm -hmm. new, like reinvent mm -hmm. myself. I'm not that person. I'm somebody new, like see me for who I am today. And then the big healing came when I stopped running from it. Mm -hmm. And when I would listen to the people I cared about and how the things that happened and unfolded affected them. For namely my, um, my younger son, the conflict that was in the relationship between me and his father was just a driving impact on the family for years, years, because we just, we had so much animosity toward each other because of the things that happened and because of the defense mechanisms and the projections and the inability to face and own up to what it was that we were doing. We were on the victim triangle. Mm -hmm. We were both playing the victim and the other person was the perpetrator. And because of that dynamic, um, you know, I was very, absent emotionally i was i was wrapped up in myself and i was not in a space of clarity to be able to be present with what was actually happening for my younger son because my older son had gotten a lot of my attention by figuring out how to you know how sometimes a child causes a lot of problems to get a lot of attention mm -hmm. and that was kind of his way of getting my love and my attention and my younger son ended up getting like left behind because he wasn't causing problems mm -hmm. And we had this conversation just this past year, right? And, you know, right in the heart of my work on the mother wound and healing that I was finally strong enough to be with him in his truth and not deny it. Mm. Like, let him tell me the truth of his experience as it unfolded for him, as I was so inner focused and so focused on his brother and so focused on healing that, that he slipped between the cracks mm -hmm. and he shared with me his real hurt and anger about that. And I didn't defend. I opened my heart. I breathed. I held myself, but I held him too. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're right. You had to raise yourself. 
I wasn't there for you the way I would like to have been from this vantage point, from who I am today. And I let him feel what he felt and express it. And what happened on the other side is I asked him, are you open to a reflection from me? And he said, yeah. I said, the man, the young man I see in front of me today is powerfully self-masterful. You, I see you as a person that can direct his own life, that takes good care of himself, that listens, that cares about others, that's perceptive, that's funny, and that's just a valuable asset to any family, any relationship, anywhere in the world would appreciate who you are because of what you've done for yourself in my absence. You did a good job raising yourself. And because of that conversation and letting go of my inner narcissist, you know, the one that wants to be the perfect mother and, and think like I'm, I had a hand in him becoming who he is, we actually have reached a new threshold in our relationship of respect mm-hmm. and love and honor. And I honor his life plan. I honor his, his perspective. I honor his journey. I honor his, his soul's development of himself. And of course, inside my heart of hearts, I know that I held space for all of that to happen. I wasn't completely absent. I know that. But his reality is he raised himself and I honor that too. Mm -hmm. I can honor both of it at the same time. Yes. And I think that's powerful. It's a, it's a new place we can come to as we are able to drop our defenses and come back into our hearts and really embrace not only our own perspective and our, our inner world and all the things going on inside of us, but also respect and embrace that's happening inside of our loved ones too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting how Along my life journey, my story of of my family or my story of myself and my family has shifted because I've allowed it to shift. So maybe right now this is his story of life. And who knows, in 10 years, he might come back and say, oh, my God, I see it completely differently now, Mom. And I can honor that, too. I don't need to control other people's perceptions and opinions of me anymore. And that, I feel, is the place we can all get to. Mm-hmm. It's such freedom. It is. And it's so, so deeply entrenched in that divine feminine. I mean, it really is. I know I said it already, and I probably have said it during other shows. I can't remember at this point. But it's that that ability to give and receive an equal missionary. And, and think about, like, what a difference that would make for ourselves in conversation, even with self, but also with others. That we can go to that place of yes and yes. This was where we were coming from and also this. And I can hold space for both. Because we know that ultimately we are each of us living this life from our unique point, our unique perspective, our unique journey. It doesn't matter if we're twins. It doesn't matter if we are siblings and lived in the same household. Either way, 
all of us experience this in a unique way and experience ourselves and the world around us and the people in our lives in unique and different ways. So to be able to sit with someone and hold space for the truth and the wholeness of what it was for each and to be open and willing to sit with it without blaming, without shifting, without shackling those guilt and shame chains around ourselves and to just be open. I mean, imagine what the difference it would make globally, but even just internally. Like if you could wake up in the morning and embrace yourself so fully that you were like, yes, about myself and my shadow and I embrace it. And then also this and the light and, and just, I don't know, it just, it gives me chills and it, it is so, so beautiful. It's just beyond. It is. And, and it's actually through this process of embracing and owning our choices and embracing and owning the perspectives that our loved ones hold about our choices. It's through that process of embracing it that actually lifts it to a new place. Mm-hmm. So I've just found that it's, it's like before I was seeking um, to be a different person, I was seeking to, to leave behind all these other things because I didn't want to be judged about them anymore. But the pathway to actually transform it was through embracing it and owning it fully mm-hmm. and loving myself through the process and loving my sons and my, my family, my mom through the process and not um, defending against it, but allowing it to transform and move through me, transmute through me all the feelings that were happening. Yeah. And it's amazing how quickly it changes the story because then a whole new perception comes up. Like per- perception is very temporary if you're not reinforcing it with story and resentment. Yep. It's so temporary and fleeting, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you could tell a story, like every time I do one of these podcasts, my story shifts because I'm seeing things through a new lens or there's a new way of, of um, describing it or a new perception of it that I now have that I'm coming from that place. So mm-hmm. if we allow ourselves to be fluid, instead of having to be so mired in what we consider to be facts, because we think there's one reality and we've got it. And, we, you know, so now we've got to like justify and hold on to all these facts to prove it. Mm-hmm. Forget that. Let it change. Let it morph. Let it transform. Let it be fluid because that's really what you want anyway. Yeah. You want it to be brought to a new place that's going to be even better. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to hold on to the old where that's what keeps it stuck in the, in the old vibration that you're uncomfortable with. Yep. Yep. There's your growth right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gary, um, so what I'm thinking, and tell me how you feel about this, because I want to honor your time and your thoughts and your energy and everything. So what I'm thinking is um, we can start wrapping up now. And I haven't done this yet, but for some reason, this has happened with with two of my other interviews as well. Um, I think I I want to add like a little extra, like a little extra featurette that I'm going to put on Patreon. Um, that could feature like a a little bit of an extended conversation if that's okay with you if you're done and you've got to go then i can totally honor that as well i have a little space so we can go for it okay so let's wrap this up real quick um and then we'll kind of 
morph into the other like extra little bit and then we should be done for today. Awesome. All right, Carrie. Well, we're coming up to time. So last couple of items here. First, uh, I would love for you to share with us what the word uplifted means to you and how you think we can become uplifted. And when you're done with that, just let us know where the listeners can find you and connect with you. Awesome. Well, I consider uplifted to be actually a space of openness and unfolding and inner expansion that feels in vibration, lighter and more joyful and more playful and more curious. Hmm. And I've heard the word enlightenment coming from the heart as something that I would connect very highly with being uplifted. Mm -hmm. In terms of um, how to find me, um, my website is carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And if people are interested in receiving the interviews that were part of the uh, the Return of Mother Wisdom Summit that was happening in January, um, you can receive them instantly at motherwoundbook.com. That's motherwoundbook.com. And at that website, uh, you'll be able to, uh, you'll be invited to purchase the book, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, and then enter your, your details into the, to the form, and it'll give you instant access to all of the emails that were created during the summit with all of the interviews. There's 16 interviews on a range of topics that I think people will really enjoy who are listening to this broadcast. And um, that's really my offer for today. Oh my gosh. Yay. So much good stuff, Carrie. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, I will hopefully talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Welcome back, beautiful listeners. I am so glad you were able to join me for today's conversation. And if you want more, remember that Carrie is going to have a special extra episode for all of the Patreon supporters. And if you want to continue supporting the show, you can always leave us a five-star uplifting review as that helps other people find the show as well. And stay in touch. I love hearing from all of you. I want to know what you like about the interviews, what you want more of, where you want to hear more expansion on something, what you want to get from the Patreon in terms of what extra episodes you'd be looking for, etc. Just reach out, stay in touch, and get super ready because this Friday, the 19th of March, 2021, I am bringing a special episode your way in which several guests will join me to talk about all things spring equinox energy. Now, if you listened to the first season of the show when it was still called You Uplifted, then you might have heard toward the end of the season an episode in which several guests and I talked about the energy for 2021. This will be something very much like that. And joining me again will be the lovely Viola Hug, Melissa Tipton, and Amber Alexis. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that this Friday. And don't worry, I'll still be back on Monday, in fact, with a super powerful interview and a guest whose book you are definitely going to want to get. So tune in on Friday and then tune in again on Monday, and I will talk to you all soon. Oh, yeah. And before I forget, 
You can always get in touch with me via Instagram at your soulful goddess or info at your soulful goddess.com. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you.